You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenzi here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all still relishing in the Bengals' 19-14 win late on Saturday evening against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, hopefully you've you've been great since. Hopefully you've been great since. And we've got a lot to get to on this edition of the Water Cooler Chat, talking some Cincinnati Bengals, some AFC North, and some other NFL headlines, kind of a big news day on a lot of different fronts, particularly on the NFL side of things. So we're going to get to all of that. Appreciate all of the views, downloads, etc. of the postgame show. It was a little late for me. I was a little tired, um, as I'm sure all of you were. I mean, I, I'm on the West Coast. You all that tuned in live were joining me on, on the East Coast, I, I assume primarily. So uh, some of you stayed up real late to join live. Appreciate that and uh, tuning in, et cetera, all of that. Good to see everybody. Everybody's saying, hey, good to, good to see all of you. Uh, we've, we've got some, some things to get to. And, and really some of the news here, some of these things will maybe, I, I'll even admit, maybe contradict some of the things I said uh, Saturday night about the performance and whatnot. I think things as we take a step back from the immediate reaction and obviously I know a lot of people were pointing out the fact that uh, I may have been a little harsh on the team, you know, based on their performance and whatnot. Uh, I think we should have, and I should have just really kind of put into perspective a little bit more about, Hey, it's preseason week one. It's going to be vanilla. It's not going to be the prettiest thing. We knew that we knew, I think I mentioned on the, on the show too. We knew that, not having a preseason last year also was going to was going to maybe take effect in some ways but overall there are a lot of positives to take away and we'll get to that in just a second as always you can get this show whether it's this episode our Wednesday big show other interviews other things that we do Ace and Zim's Orange is the New Black and Matt Minix Chalk Talk all of which are on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel go get that on your favorite audio streamer whether that's iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Podcasts iHeartRadio any of those go get that and then of course um you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's a little icon right here, I believe, that you can click and subscribe and get notified when we go live, when new material is available, all that stuff. We've got a couple surprises coming for you over the next, uh, the course of about a, the next week or so. So keep it to us and we appreciate the support. So let's go to some Bengals news. Let's get to it. Let's get to it right away. Cincinnati Bengals, as I mentioned, beat uh 
beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But unfortunately, with it did come some trimming of the roster. This is courtesy of John Sheeran. Uh, this was as of yesterday. Um, the Bengals waived three players and trimmed the roster to 85, some of which were a little, um, I, I don't know, I guess a little surprising in some ways. Really not too much. Unfortunately, the wide receiver position just showing off in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, the, the Bengals waived Reese Horn and Riley Lee's two guys that um, kind of had a little bit of uphill to to make the team based on all the talent they've amassed there. But Reese Horn, Riley Lee's, and then tight end Pro Wells were all released to get uh, the Bengals 285, and uh, they needed to do that to get down to that roster mark. So in case you had not heard yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals released those three players, Reese Horn, Riley Lee's, and tight end Pro Wells. Some of us really liked, particularly Lee's and Wells. Uh, those are two guys you know, we thought maybe would have had a little bit of a shot to do something with the team, but limited uh, preseason action for those guys. And unfortunately, they have been waived to this point. Um, let's keep it rolling with some more stuff coming out of the performance on Saturday. And I see, I think it's Eric Charles in the Facebook chat talking about Joseph Osai. Yes, there is a positive injury update on Joseph Osai. Dude was an animal on Saturday night. Five pressures, a sat. I mean, he was just everywhere uh, on on Saturday night. Got his got his sack against Tom Brady there. Uh, as he took more snaps and kept playing very well. Unfortunately, some people thought he had a broken wrist, a shattered wrist bone of some kind, that sort of thing. But it appears that that is not the case, and he will be ready for the week one opener. So you can see here Sunday, Dave Lapham relayed that Osai may, Osai may have had a fractured wrist. Um, Bengals.com editor Jeff Hobson reports that Osai didn't shatter any bones, and the team believes he'll return in time for the regular season opener in just under three weeks. I'm, we were talking about this on the postgame show. You know, for the position he plays, there is a possibility that he could have some sort of, you know, small cast, brace, whatever needs to, to happen and still be effective in what he needs to do. Obviously, it depends on the injury, depends on how Osai responds to treatment of that. But it sounds like it's not as, as serious as initially feared, and he should be back for week one. Probably won't see him in the next couple of preseason games, which is a bit of a shame. Would like to see him get some more snaps and obviously show off a bit more. But the guy was incredible, incredible on uh, on Saturday night. So a lot of high uh, – it looks like a high ceiling for this young man and a guy that has some – uh, growing in terms of learning the pro game and, and you know, some nuances and stuff, but a lot of natural talent, a lot of athleticism. Re I think a lot of us were really happy that he played very well in that first game. Um, we'll see if that momentum can carry over right away into the regular season, but it doesn't look like he's going to be playing anymore in the preseason, unfortunately. But still, better news than uh, we originally expected based on some of the reports out there. So um, that's at least what's happening here uh, for Joseph Osai. Let's keep it rolling on, on that same note of Joseph Osai playing well and some good, good news out of the game. There are a lot of positive. Uh, if you're a big PFF person, you got to like what you saw from the, the team and a little more of a deep dive into the team's performance shows you that a lot of players played pretty well. And that's where, again, what I was talking about, kind of an immediate reaction, we say, you know, there were some ups and downs and there were some good reps and bad reps. Well, 
turns out some of these things may have been a little bit more rosy than me or other Bengals fans may have thought initially. And here we go here in the offensive line that the offensive line performance was something that really kind of stuck out as, Oh, Hey, that's, you know, we knew there were some good reps there. We knew there were some good reps there. We knew there was not some not so great reps, but Deontay Smith and Michael Jordan had kind of the highlights of the night. So to speak, Deontay Smith led the Bengals offensive line with an 84.8 pass blocking grade. That is, that's pretty dang good. That's pretty dang good. Uh, he had very clean 16 snaps in pass protection with 11 coming as the second team left guard and five as the ter- third team left tackle. Now, the one big glaring thing was when he was at left tackle, got beat on a run play and, and you know, it kind of exploded in the backfield, caused a forced fumble, uh, did that miss block. But in pass pro, Deontay Smith is showing off really nicely. 84.8 pass blocking grade. Michael Jordan had an 80. So, you know, we, the, there's kind of some talk about him and where, you know, there's still some whiffs in practice and, and other things, but um, you know, the, the pass blocking grade of 80 in this game against the Buccaneers, you got to really like that. And um, he talked about how he has reshaped his body. There was an interview this week talking not only about Frank Pollock and how he has pushed him to be a better player, but also just in the way how he has worked out being Jordan this off season he really worked on conditioning. He he mentioned something about being tired in games and that sort of thing. And he really made that a point of emphasis this time around. So um, yeah, uh, he's, he's looking pretty good, at least in pass protection of 80 in that first game. We'll see if he can uh, continue doing that going forward. Isaiah Prince also had a 71.3 grade in terms of PFF um, on 33 run blocking snaps. So you got to like that. 71.3 71.3 run blocking grade. That is when some of the better runs later in the game were tur- turned out by the team and by the running backs there, Chris Evans and Jacquez Patrick, uh, having a couple of nice runs at the end of the game. Um, still overall a little bit of a lack of consistency in the run game going, going out there, but still you got to like some of these grades coming from the offensive linemen. Jacquez Patrick did have a 71.3 rushing grade, so he played pretty well. Um, some, some, Criticism, uh, I guess, constructive criticism from the coaches, more so for Chris Evans in terms of, you know, trying to not not necessarily do too much and something to the effect. I think it was Brian Callahan who said something to the effect of, you know, taking what's there. You know, some of these runs that he knew he could get in college aren't going to be there at the NFL level. So he needs to learn from that a little bit. But Patrick, 71.3. He did finish with 71 yards on 15 carries. um, And then you see the 58 yards after contact is really, really solid by Patrick there who, who had a nice game. Trent Irwin. Uh, who also had a very nice catch in practice on Monday. Trenton Irwin uh, came away with a 79.7 overall grade and led the offense. So uh, hauled in a tough catch over the middle, as you see. And um, yeah, three, three catches, 35 yards on five targets. So a good evening by Trenton Irwin. And then, of course, you've got Joseph Osai and Darius Hodge, um, 89.6 defense grades. Um, and then DJ reader had 90.2, but he only had four snaps. So the, uh, the defensive line played really, really well. And I think we have to, uh, we have to be pleased by that at practice today. Luana Rumo was also asked about the defense and the tackling in the contest. And Anna Rumo said that he was really pleased with the, with the tackling by the group, really, really pleased by the tackling of the group. So, um, Hey, the, you, you gotta, you gotta tip your cap to, 
what the defense was doing there. And uh, on Saturday, Trey Hendrickson was in on that sack with Joseph Osai. DJ Reader had that 90 grade on, on just four snaps. And by the way, good to see him back out there. He was a guy in the spring and summer who was on the rehab field coming back from a big injury himself. So seeing him out there immediately in the preseason and grading well, uh, he did cause a pressure as well, did uh, did DJ Reader. Go check out my uh, Bengal songs. Go check out his Twitter account this week. He's got a lot of good film, as does our buddy Matt Minnick, on some of the things out there. Go go check out some of the film review there. Good stuff. And, uh, and um, you know, you'll see some of the great, great, blocks that are, uh, excuse me, great plays by defenders that were made by, by Bengals players, as well as some of the offensive line play that points to some of these grades. So you gotta, you know, I know we can be critical. I was maybe a little more critical than people liked on Saturday, but as we take a step back and we re, you know, we all say this is week one, this is preseason, things are going to be a bit vanilla. There are a lot of things to still for this team to work on, obviously, but you saw Jamar Chase have a nice play. You see Deontay Smith having a nice pass blocking grade, Michael Jordan uh, showing a bit of improvement, some nice grades from the backup running backs. So there, there's a lot to like out of this thing, even though it was 1914 and there are some some ugliness that comes with preseason week one. Um, there, there are uh, some other, uh, some other things to pull away from there. Now, uh, reportedly Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow had a very good day of practice on Monday. And uh, so they are carrying on some momentum after being dragged through the mud about a week, week and a half ago, particularly Joe Burrow. Some, some questions about Jamar Chase. There are a lot of positive reviews, at least coming out of Monday's practice. So you can see here Deontay Smith. Um, he was the starting left guard on Monday. Not the case on Tuesday, but a starting left guard uh, getting first team reps. There's our buddy James Rapine of All Bengals and the Locked On Bengals podcast relaying that. But Deontay Smith was getting first team reps at left guard. Uh, Jackson Carmen still the third team right guard there. Kind of a an up and down game for him on Saturday as well. But Quentin Spain um, was was playing left guard with the first team in the elevens drill. Um, so there there are still a lot of rotation going on there. Um, but Jamar Chase looked really really good. Um, you could see here. Here's uh, we'll play this this video for you. This is on CincyJungle.com, but. Uh, a nice, nice toe tap there. Um, there was also another play that uh, was in the end zone. They called incomplete and uh, looked pretty complete to me doing some toe tap drills. So Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow showing a lot of nice connections here. Here's another one right here. Um, I think this is the the toe tap that I was talking about here that they called out of bounds. Yeah, and if you slowed it down and still shot at that thing, he got he got both his feet in there. So uh, a couple of highlight grabs, Jamar Chase, a couple of very nice throws from Joe Burrow, and that's some of the sights and sounds from at least the offense on Monday. It was kind of the offense's show on Monday. Good to see them picking things back up and you know, continuing to improve, continuing to do a lot of different things and do them well after their name had kind of been dragged through the mud a little bit in the previous days and weeks leading up to practice. So um, you got to like that. Speaking of which, Joe Burrow recently had kind of a, I don't know what you would call this thing. Uh, uh, 
I don't know if expose is the right <laughs> is the right word, but on Sports Illustrated, the Monday morning quarterback column by Albert Breer came out and there was an, a good piece on Joe Burrow's progress. He spoke with Albert Breer and there was, there was a couple of, there were a couple of quotes in here that are talking about the fact that Burrow still, he, he reiterated, he had to go through the mental hurdle of, you know, those guys, potentially being around his legs, his knees, all that sort of thing and get out, get out some of that skittishness. So this is a really cool article. Um, we'll, we'll put this on here since we always promote Cincy jungle stuff. So you can, you know, to go to cincyjungle.com. but I will put this link in the live chats here for everybody to digest um, really good article in case you haven't read it yet by Albert Breer. You can see here, Burrow, here's a quote. It was, quote, it was just getting reps, getting people around me again. After one of the days where I didn't play so well, we went out early the next day and they were throwing bags at my legs while I was throwing. We were simulating a pocket with some dummies and they were doing it during seven on sevens and individual routes. And after that day, it was really back to normal. So, um, you know, and there was another, here's another good quote of, from Zach Taylor here, he had taken ownership, was really co comfortable with what we were doing on offense, and he we found a rhythm and how we wanted to play last year. You look at his last four games, we played Cleveland here. We had two turnovers. We never punted the ball, so we felt like we were moving the ball. Played Tennessee, and all of our linemen went out, five new linemen, and we beat a good Tennessee team really because of his ownership of the system, just finding completions, moving the ball. Now, continuing on with some of that stuff there, Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor noted that Right now, Burrow is kind of in some of these evening meetings with his receivers and his offensive players. He's talking about, hey, I need you to do this with, with this route. Or, hey, I'm looking for you to do this um, on this specific route. He's talking to T. Higgins. He's talking to Jamar Chase. He's talking to Tyler Boyd to make sure that these players are all on the same page. And he's they, they stopped short of saying he's conducting the meetings. They, they didn't say that. But they said, essentially, he's kind of co-running things with the coaches and whatnot. So um, Joe Burrow kind of taken ownership of a lot of different things. And it sounds like once again, per the article, per other articles that we've talked about with, with Joe Burrow in his rehab process, that there was a last kind of final hurdle, a mental hurdle with some of the things in practice, guys flying at his knees and everything. And uh, they did some things to work on it. He seems to have gotten past it. Now, additionally, Zach Taylor on Monday said, no Joe Burrow this week against the Washington football team. He is not going to play this week in preseason week two. We don't know about week three yet. So again, Joe Burrow, while, you know, it's things are looking great and sounding great in terms of him getting past this mental hurdle, so to speak. Um, we still have not seen him against true live full speed playing another team football action. Um, and I don't know if that's still going to be another hurdle for him to clear or not. Maybe he feels that he's beyond it, and that's awesome. I hope so, but uh, we don't. We will not be seeing him this weekend as the Bengals take uh, take on the Washington football team for week two of the preseason. So um, that was announced by Zach Taylor on Monday as well as he talked to the media. Here's another little glimpse. The Bengals rookie class is looking pretty good. I should have uh, sandwiched this back a little bit with – what we were talking about before, you know what, actually I'm going to come back to that one because we're going to continue on with the sports illustrated sports illustrated 
stories on Joe Burrow. And Peter King is a is a gentleman who is very well respected in the sports writing community. He has not always been very complimentary or gushing about the Cincinnati Bengals. He used to be a Bengals beat writer a while ago. And uh, so um, at any rate, the uh, the Peter King says that he compared Joe Burrow to Dan Fouts. So um, here's the quote here. I think Joe Burrow was Dan Fouts. <laughs> There's a strong similarity. Uh, I, I think the Bengals are going to play some games like the 1980s Chargers. I think they're going to lose some 41-33, and they're going to win games 38-35 a few games. I think that's the style of game they're going to play. So uh, that was a chat with Dan Horde and Peter King. I've said, I've kind of told people so far that um, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose fun this year. That's kind of how I've how I've put it. So um, that's... That's uh, some interesting words from from Peter King as he spoke to Dan Horde there. Uh, So let's go back to kind of what I was just talking about a second, just kind of continuing on the performances of Cincinnati Bengals players in the opener. Uh, Cam Sample says, uh, Cam Sample's performance flies under the radar. So you can see here, don't forget about Sample when talking about the Bengals offensive line. This is Patrick Judas. Um, So... You, you can you can see here uh, uh, also Darius Hodge and Joseph Osai played very well. Um, so he played most sample played most of the game here and you could see here uh, sample got a sack right before the game ended with Tampa Bay needed time to set up a Hail Mary. Um, it wasn't his only pressure so he, he played he played pretty well and he's a guy that has pegged to be moving around the different, spots on the defensive line. He is a guy that is going to play some outside. He's going to kick inside on certain downs. Um, So they really like his versatility and they like the fact that they're going to be able to mix up looks on the defensive line here going forward. He's one of those guys that is going to be counted upon to do that. So we will, um, we'll we'll see exactly what the plan, how the plan unfolds, but you got to like some of the, some of the things you saw, particularly out of the rookies in the preseason game and on that defensive line. Got to like that. The Bengals had a real problem with with generating pressure last year and, and really for the past couple of years. So they've really kind of invested heavily on in some guys to be able to do that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Let's go real quickly. I don't want to keep harping on Jesse Bates stuff, but Jesse Bates and uh, Trey Hendrickson did crack the NFL top 100 players of 21 list, whatever you want to make of that. Um, kind of has been a little bit of a rarity of late. Bates only came in at number 90 after being a second team all pro safety. Uh, and Hendrickson had a double digit sack year. So he came in at 73 on this list. Take that for what you will. Believe what you want. Don't believe what you want, et cetera. Um, that is, uh, that's where things are at right now um, on the on the NFL list. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know how much stock to take into that, but that's uh, that's something we just need to relay, I guess. Bates is coming in at number ninety, and uh, Trey Hendrickson, seventy third best player on the top one hundred list. A couple of things at Tuesday's practice before we move on here. Um, Kelsey Conway is a new beat writer working with the Inquirer, um, talking about uh, covering the Bengals and everything at, at camp here. She's got some videos. Here's some Jamar Chase work here on a little uh, fade. He gets a little one-hand action there. So um, Jamar Chase doing some things on uh, Tuesday at practice, Kelsey Conway, go follow her on Twitter. Um, she now, like I mentioned, covers the Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Here's another little tidbit just coming from Tuesday's practice from her. Um, she said she spoke with DJ reader who shared a very interesting nugget. Trey Hendrickson is the only player he's, he's ever played with who doesn't wear gloves. Reader says mostly all defensive linemen play with gloves on. He's the only DL he's seen play without gloves and at a high level. So uh, Trey Hendrickson going gloveless um, and DJ readers never played with a defensive lineman who does that. And not at a, at a high level, just a kind of a fun little thing to share there. Some more from Tuesday's practice, Mike Petraglia, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows here. Here is his uh, a video here. You can see, um, I think it's a woozy on uh, chase. And there's a little bit of a drop there. Um, some good coverage. There's been some good battles between the wide receivers and these new corners. Um, so uh, probably should have caught that Jamar Chase uh, on the sideline there. But regardless, um, some good work put in by the defense. And then this is from the Cincinnati Bengals official account from just a little bit ago. Uh, this is T Higgins working on some things here. Corner toe tap like his counterpart. Uh, Jamar Chase, we'll take another look at that. He looks like he maybe got these in here. Here's this a little stutter. Coach is doing some drills. Maybe he didn't get that left foot in. I don't know. But uh, they're working on some things, and these guys are looking pretty good overall are the wide receivers. A couple more before. Uh, actually, we're going to transition to the AFC North. And before we do, just want to remind folks to get this show on their favorite audio streamer and, of course, on YouTube, as well as Orange is the New Black and, of course, Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. So let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Some scary news, really, in the AFC North for a couple of star players on other teams. Uh, Chase Claypool did not – he did not suffer a significant injury at practice today, but he was helped off, I think, by Ben Roethlisberger and Eric Ebron. Um, so going to wait for a further diagnosis, but uh, they will um, – yeah, they're, they're waiting for more news there, but he did suffer an injury, does not appear to be 
serious that was this afternoon at Steelers practice there. So a little bit of a sigh of relief there um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers and not and them not potentially losing Chase Claypool. So a little bit of an injury scare there. And then, of course, they made some moves as well. We mentioned the Bengals made some moves. Uh, they have released defensive end Abdullah Anderson, defensive back Steph, uh, Stephen Denmark, wide receiver Isaiah McCoy, kicker. Sam Sloman and tackle Brandon Walton. So um, they have released a handful of players there, have the Steelers to uh, get to that 85 man roster mark going forward. So let's go, let's cruise on down to the Cleveland Browns, shall we? Cleveland Browns. Um, Mac Wilson did have an MRI on his shoulder. The results, this is on uh, Dogs by Nature here. Mac Wilson had an MRI on his shoulder, and it looks like there's a, a shoulder sprain. A, I think it was a grade one I had read. So um, he is uh, he's going to miss a, a little bit of time, but um, not like a dislocation or a separation or some sort of clavicle break or anything like that, fortunately for him. So he is going to um, – he, he's going to maybe miss some time, but he did have an MRI on his shoulder. And, uh, yeah, so not – not great news for him. A lot of injury news to some bigger names, like I mentioned in the uh, in the AFC North. Here, let's do a little bit more Cleveland Brown news as we continue on. They cut three players to get to eighty-five here, so they placed on injured reserve Ryan Switzer and Stephen Carlson, and then they waived Cordell Iwuagwu. Linebacker Montrell Meander and uh, cornerback Keandre Thomas. So all of those uh, players are no longer with Cleveland to get them to the 85-man roster spot. Uh, and we, I guess, are going to continue with some AFC North injury news. The AFC North has uh, kind of been hit a little bit, but luckily it looks like some bullets have been dodged. Uh, cornerback Marlon Humphrey left practice early. Um, he slipped and then it said there's just some sort of a, a strain, so nothing, uh, nothing serious there. But he stayed down for a little bit and limped to the locker room, according to Jeff Zrebiek, who uh, covers the team there. So Marlon Humphrey had a little bit of a scare and the Ravens had a little bit of a scare there with an injury situation with him at practice. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a rough Monday, but bounced back well at practice. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, what's the big deal about having a rough practice here and there? I mean, I guess every little snap or play by Lamar Jackson counts. Um, he, he bounced back in a big way. He was 14 of 15 and 11 on 11 play. Um, but he did throw two picks on Monday. So on Tuesday, he he recovered well, played well, bounced back well. He's a guy who's looking for a contract extension. Obviously, practices aren't necessarily going to play all that much into that. But, uh, you know, you like to see, if you're a Ravens fan, you like to see him bounce back and play well, which he did from Monday to Tuesday. So a couple of big news, in, bits of big news in the NFL And here we go. Here's the big one for at least a Bengals perspective. Jamal and uh, Jamal Adams did sign that monster extension. If you remember, we talked about last on last week's show that there was a big offer on the table to Jamal Adams, um, and that now he signed uh, 
sign that. It's a four-year, $72 million extension. So the Seahawks budged a tiny bit. I think it was at 70 um, and $38 million guaranteed. So this is – he is the highest paid safety in the league, and this is undoubtedly one of the barometers that Jesse Bates' camp will use. Now, I don't – a good person to ask if you go on Twitter, um, go, go check out Andre Parada's Twitter account. We've had him on the show a couple of times. He's a really good guy with numbers and contracts and how they're structured. Uh, $72 million uh, – Four year, seventy-two million, and the really the thirty-eight million guaranteed makes. I don't know. This makes it hard to believe that the Bengals would step up and do something like that. They just don't pay that much guaranteed money really to anybody, um, and a, a position like safety where they don't they kind of value that a little bit down the pecking order here. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where where we're at with that. But Adams getting a big big contract from the Seahawks. And, um, that's, that's unfortunately, uh, where, <laughs> unfortunately for the Bengals front office, that is where Jesse Bates camp is undoubtedly going to be looking. So, um, and then again, I, I mentioned this to Simmons, Justin Simmons, rather, um, he did have a $61 million contract extension earlier this spring, another guy who's right in there, that top group of safeties in the NFL. So big, big contract for Jamal Adams. And that could impact the way, the Bengals and Jesse Bates view this contract extension. As you remember, they're at an impasse as of last week. We're hoping that things progress and heat up going forward, but uh, no, no, no positive news on that front at this point. So this was another big thing, uh, another big piece of news from the NFL perspective, the Las Vegas Raiders become the first team to require proof of COVID-19 vaccination for home games at Allegiant Stadium. And if uh, I'm going to pin, I'm going to put this one in the live chat too, because there's some, uh, some different pieces of information there. And I think it's, I think it's worth talking about not only just because this is dominating the headlines, COVID-19 is around all kinds of different uh, spheres, but it's also uh, pertinent because, a lot of folks, um, a lot of the, the Bengals play there this year. So it uh, could be news for fans if they need, uh, if they are going to that game. And then of course the Raiders are offering on-site vaccinations for fans as well on, I believe it's on game day. So um, they are uh, the first team to do that. And I am sure they will not be the last. So uh, this is something to kind of monitor in terms of how other teams follow suit and where, and, and all of that. This is kind of the new thing that they're doing in lieu of limiting capacity as they did last year or not letting anyone in like last year, they are letting people in, but they want uh, folks to be vaccinated for that. So some big, some big news uh, from a Bengals perspective and everything um, that is what's happening there. So the real quickly, the Panthers trade tackle Greg little to the dolphins. So uh, 2022 seventh round pick, um, they trade him for that. Greg Little was a guy um, that was uh, he's getting a chance elsewhere. And so uh, he was a second round pick. Um, 
and they get a seventh round pick next year. So um, the tackle market was there. If the Bengals wanted to make a move, they could have, could have potentially done that here. They did not. But Greg Little, former second round pick, is traded to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, by the way, their offensive line is a bit of a mess at this point, too. So then, of course, the other big headline, and then we will get out of here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, among their cuts, they release Tim Tebow, who was trying to find a new uh, NFL life as a tight end. He has been uh, among their first cut there so he is um going to be he's going to be done there and uh i i don't know that he'll get another chance elsewhere it did not work um there was a couple of missed blocks i guess in the first game and so now um he is no longer with the team and so big i guess another big headline around the nfl there with tim tebow being released from the jacksonville jaguars that is going to do it for us and uh We've, we got through a lot. We did a little shorter this time, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cazenza. I'll be joined by John Sharon at a special time of 6.30 Eastern tomorrow for our Wednesday show, so check that out. And We've got some other things coming to you. Thanks for all the support. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will be talking to you soon. Thanks. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.